بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد يا أيها الذين آمنوا كونوا مع الصادقين so we continue with our series on Ibn Atayillah rahimahullah his hikam so today we're looking at hikam number hikma number 44 Ibn Atayillah says ربما كنت مسيئاً فأراك الإحسان منك صحبتك من هو أسوأ حالاً منك ربما كنت مسيئاً فأراك الإحسان منك صحبتك من هو أسوأ حالاً منك He says you may be in a bad state then you're associating with someone who is in a worse state makes you see virtue in yourself you may yourself be in a bad state but when you see somebody lower than you who's in a worse state then we look at things relatively comparatively and then we start thinking that we're actually doing very well he doesn't even pray friday prayer at least i pray friday prayer at least i make it to Juma. you know I may not go to the masjid for salat. Well, at least I pray home. Right? As though that's a bad thing, you know. Um, but it's always comparative like that. At least I don't... I haven't committed the act. I may just flirt around. But all of these other guys, they're committing zina. So that's... that's a, what he's talking about here is a real human issue in everything. So the Prophet ﷺ talks about that in terms of wealth. Looking at person from a dunyawi achievement perspective, lesser than you all the time. Be with them so you'd always be grateful. And when we sit with people with more than us, then we generally, it's just a natural disposition generally. Unless we've got enough exercise and experience to have given it up and say, I don't need it. I'm enriched from it. I'm independent of it. Allah has sufficed me with that I don't need I don't need it anymore. I don't need to have it, so it doesn't make a difference. And with effort, Allah does. Allah helps a lot. We, he needs to see the effort. That's why there's a hadith which says, "وَمَنْ يَسْتَعْفِفُ يُعِفُهُ اللَّهُ." Whoever tries to remain chaste, whoever attempts once to remain chaste, Allah will give him chastity. So, Allah gives on effort for sure. But that effort needs to come first. So you may be in a bad state and then you want to help yourself. So you feel guilty and you want to make amends and you want to get some and, you know, reform. But then you associate. I mean, it's then a shaitan who's going to you know, encourage you to associate yourself with bad people. And then make you think that you're actually virtuous enough. You don't really need to make an effort. So... That's what we're looking at today, inshallah. So what happens is, sometimes we're not doing very well. We, are, we have shortcoming, we're not doing enough. We may be doing a bit, because you have to be doing a bit to see somebody worse than you. But we're not doing enough, and we know that we're not doing enough. And then after that, you become a companion of somebody who's actually worse situation than you. So then that would 
your companionship with that individual will actually think that you're doing him a favor sometimes by being good company for someone. Whereas the real state is that we need company. I mean, I actually feel like that right now, that I need good company, right? So you'll then actually start thinking that, okay, if I'm better than that person because he's worse, he's not even praying or he's not doing this, he's not doing that, then that means, you know, mashallah, alhamdulillah, you know, I've, I'm doing enough. Because as the authors, uh, as the scholars say, لِأَنَّ مَجْبُولَةٌ عَلَىٰ رُؤْيَةِ الْفَضْلِ لَهَا Now this needs to be underlined. Because the nafs, this is one of the traits of the nafs. The nafs loves to see a virtue in it, in itself. Like if the nafs has a virtue, it's like, yes, that's something we're going to notice. And the second thing it sees is, وَمُشَاهَدَةِ التَّقْسِيرِ مِنْ غَيْرِهَا عِلْمًا أَوْ عَمَلًا أَوْ حَالًا Loves to see a quality or some kind of virtue in one's own nafs and to see shortcoming in somebody else's. He always does that contrast. We're constantly comparing ourselves. It's not just, you know, men may say that only women compare themselves to others. Or it's men do that as well. It's doing different things maybe. You know, some may do it in beauty, attractiveness, clothing. Some will do it in wealth. Some will do it in other things. It just... There's always something that we're going to compare. That's why he's saying the nafs is actually by its nature, it's predisposed to do this, either by looking at somebody else's knowledge. Okay, I've got more knowledge than him. I don't need to study enough, right? Look, look how much they have. They have nothing. Oh, amalan, oh, halan. Now, if you do this for shukr, that alhamdulillah, at least, you know, we've got a bit, and then that spurs you to look further, then alhamdulillah, that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong in recognizing some good that Allah has given us. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's only if it makes us complacent. That's exactly what he's saying. As opposed to if you were to be a companion of somebody superior to you, with better ihsan, with better beautification, uh, more beautification of the faith, then you will actually start seeing the shortcoming in yourself. And in that is a huge benefit. That's why Shaykh Abu Hassan al-Shadiri used to say that my beloved, his Shaykh used to say to him, لا تنقل قدميك إلا حيث ترجو ثواب الله Don't take your feet to f- except to where you expect the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to come. ولا تجلس إلا حيث تأمن غالبا من معصية الله And do not sit anywhere except where you can for the most part be safe and secure from committing sins in a good environment, a safe environment. For the most, you know, in the majority of situations, you will be safe there. Only sit there. And وَلَا لِنَفْسِكَ إِلَّا مَنْ تَزْدَادُ بِهِ يَقِينًا Don't ever choose for yourself. Somebody you select to be with. Sometimes you're going to be forced in a situation with certain individuals. Don't ever choose and select for yourself. Somebody... Any, nobody except the one through, through whose company you're going to increase in your conviction of your faith. And there's very few of those people. I mean, you do your best. Then he gives a few other advices. He says, do not sit, do not be a, a companion to somebody who prefers himself over you. Who's always giving themselves, they're selfish. Why would you want to be with something like that? 
فَإِنَّهُ لَئِيمٌ Because such a person is considered to be mean, downtrodden, individual, despicable individual. وَلَا مَنْ يُؤْثِرُكَ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ Nor somebody who's always preferring you over themselves. Because فَإِنَّهُ قَلَّ مَا يَدُومٌ Very seldom will that continue for too long. Somebody can't give you preference all the time above themselves. Humans have to, only Allah can assist us at every time. So who should you be companions of? Washab. Man idha dhukira, dhukira Allah. Be a companion of the person who when mentioned, Allah is remembered. So just thinking about them, just transports us to thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَاللَّهُ يُغْنِي بِهِ إِذَا شَهِدَ وَيَنُوبُ عَنْهُ إِذَا فُقِدَ If you become a companion of such a person, if he's there, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's assistance will be there, Allah will suffice you. And even when he's not there, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you a replacement for that individual. Somehow Allah will give you a replacement spirituality of that person. ذِكْرُهُ نُورُ الْقَلْبِ وَمُشَاهَدَتُهُ مَفَاتِيهُ الْغُيُوبِ Subhanallah, just a few days, just uh, what is it? yesterday or the day before, there's a friend of ours who has been, um, he's from another country, but in, in, in an area where there's not that many practicing Muslims apparently as well, in France. And mashallah, he's getting married, in the, either today or in the next few days, or next week, very few days. He's been trying to get married for a long time. And mashallah, Allah bless him. I mean, he's uh, told him off. I've done all sorts of things to him. And he's just stuck by, mashallah. And he, he just called me to say, I'm getting married. And I just want to thank you that just because of uh, being with you, not, not, I mean, it's nothing to do with me. It's just that he thinks I've got something. So he says, I have not committed zina. And now when I get married, I can say I, 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 am, I have stayed safe. Until my marriage. That's a big achievement today, I think, for a lot of people. It's a big achievement today. That I've been safe. Because every time, or any time I used to think about that, or it crosses your mind because other people may be engaged in things like that, in haram relationships, I used to think that, no, I've, you know, I've, I've given my word, I've taken a pledge, I've done this, I've done that, I can't, I can't do this thing. So, just in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's a benefit so the conclusion of this statement is that don't ever be a companion for somebody who has to really go overboard for you or you have to go overboard for them. It needs to be a very natural relationship where it's just very harmonious and is of huge benefits. Now some people will say, how do you get such a company? Only Allah can give you such company. These are questions that nobody can answer you because there's just so many variables and it's who Allah wants to make it right. It's like the other day, I was just speaking to some students in America, um, online, uh, Madrasa, and they were saying, how do you get married to somebody who is also going to be serving the deen? I said, that's a very tough question. Of course, certain things can help by finding a partner, a companion, who's already into that field, so you can expect that they have some experience. But even then, your personalities may clash. So really, I believe that while we make an effort, whatever we can do, on top of that, you have to put your hands in, uh, you have to put your uh, 
hands up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and say, Ya Allah, only you can make it work for me. And it really helps. There are just so many experiences in life where you've want, you need something, you call out to Allah, Allah makes it happen. Allah will never, re, never return somebody who's sincerely asking. But you have to kind of just cut away from everything else and just ask Allah in this helpless state. Allahumma inni abtahilu ilayka ibtihal al-mudhni bil-dhalil. That's one of the du'as of the Prophet I'm asking you, O oh Allah, like the asking of a helpless, downtrodden, destitute. O oh Allah, I'm asking you the succor of somebody who has nobody else to go to. Ya ahada man la ahadala. Wa ya sanada man la sanadala. O one for those who have no one. It's amazing du'as. Subhanallah. That, if you learn the du'as of the Prophet ﷺ, you actually learn how to make du'a. So I'm just currently, please make du'a, I'm currently working on the translation for Al-Hizb Al-A'zam. It's been something I wanted to do for a long time, but we've just had so many requests for it. So I've done six days now. So we've got one more day left to do, meaning of the seven sections, one more section. And it's just beautiful when you're trying to construct the right kind of du'a in English, the translation. Because du'a has its own genre of style, of expression. It has its own expression, right? So make du'a for that, that Allah allow us to complete that quickly and allow people to benefit from it and make it accepted. So that's why he's saying that find somebody who's more natural. Then, then, he, uh, then the explanation, this obviously relates to uh, having company of shuyukh, having company of um, a scholar, a guide, somebody that can help you. And that is where you have to be very careful because that's the kind of person you expect to benefit you. So if that person is the wrong person, then it's actually going to be ex really bad fire, uh, really, really detrimental in its backfire. One of the mashayikh used to say, اعلم أنه لا يقرب طالب الله إلى الله شيء مثل جلوسه مع عارف بالله إن وجده. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can bring a seeker of Allah close to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, right? Nothing at all that can that that is more effective than sitting with the nor of Allah than sitting with the knower of Allah, if you can find such a person. Because he, he accepts that it might be difficult for you to find somebody like that. وَإِن لَمْ يَجِدْ فَعَلَيْهِ بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ لَيْلًا وَنَهَارًا Second level. If you can't find somebody like that, then you need to spend your day and night in the remembrance of Allah. That, what does that indicate? That indicates that if you do find the عَارِف بِاللَّهِ a person who really knows Allah, then that is going to be more effective than doing dhikr night and day. Although you'll probably end up doing dhikr night and day anyway. Right? Because it's just what you get from human beings. It's just much more powerful. What you get from somebody else and what you absorb from that than doing it yourself is actually much easier. So then he says, otherwise you must remember Allah night and day, qa'iman wa qa'idan. Standing up and sitting down, basically you need to be engaged. مَعَ الْعُزْلَةِ عَنْ أَبْنَاءِ الدُّنْيَا بِعَدَمِ الْجُلُوسِ مَعَهُمْ وَعَدَمِ الْكَلَامِ بِذَارِكَ and, not, and you should shun a lot of 
company of just 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 general the general riffraff. Because they're a really, really destroy really damaging poison. And then he says though, that's the best. But he says that the worst, the thing that will take you away from Allah, is to actually sit with an ignorant faqir. And here he means by faqir is somebody who claims to be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is completely ignorant of the path. Completely ignorant of the path. Because you'll think you'll get onto something, you're getting something, and you're not getting anything at all. In fact, it'll be worse because that person will probably make huge mistakes, be going in the wrong direction. In fact, he says that such a person is actually worse than a normal, heedless lay layman. Because there's no deception there. You know what, what you're in front of there. Be alfi dhu'fin, a thousand times worse, he says. Of course, some of this could be exaggeration, or he's got a particular type of comparison in mind. Allah knows best. So that's why he says, Al julusu ma'al arifi billahi afdalu min al uzla. No doubt. The sitting with good companion of a knower of Allah is superior, more virtuous than solitude. But then solitude is superior than sitting with just normal, normal heedless people. But sitting with normal heedless people is actually superior to sitting with an ignorant individual who claims to have something. Now he says that there's nothing, I mean, maybe he's just really on a rant here. He says there's actually nothing that would blacken the heart of a seeker like sitting with an ignorant faqir of that nature. That's why Sahil ibn Abdullah al-Tustari rahimahullah used to say that ihdhar suhbata thalathim min asnafin nas Stay away and beware of the company of three types of people al-jababira al-ghafilin Heedless, arrogant, braggarts or people who read the Quran but they suck up to wealthy people and things like that. They're doing it for their for show and to g gain something through their qira'ah, their recitation. And And those wannabe Sufis who claim to be Sufis who are absolutely ignorant. <coughs> Shaykh Zarruq says, Ulama al Zahir. Those even who may have scholarship in terms of know some fiqh and tafsir or something like that, but not have remembrance and not be close to Allah like that, then these, these people, their nufus are dominant over them. Because they don't have the inside is not prepared for the knowledge that they may even be carrying. You have lots of professors out there who are not even Muslim, they're teaching Islamic studies, they know their stuff very well, right? The historical points that they have, the nuances that they understand, are amazing. But there's no nafs, the, 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 there's no heart. And the reason he says that it's so bad is because these people, they, don't, they only know the apparent form of the Sharia. They don't know the internal spirit of it. <clears throat> so it's devoid inside, it's hollow inside. And generally says, Generally what you see with such people is that they're going to be generally criticizing others. 
there's a lot of people out there who come new on the block and they just start criticizing everybody. Because you see, everybody has a, has a deficiency, right? Um, a lot of the time there's comparisons between this, generally your local mosque is always the worst mosque for you, right? That always make the biggest mistakes. They don't do anything. And you look at other mosques like they're doing a lot more. Sometimes that's a reality, but it's just because you don't know the politics in the other masjid. You don't know what they're, they may be doing one or two things that may appeal to you, but if you go locally down there, they'll be complaining. Except some, mashallah, who are accomplished. So, you always see as though the, you know, the pastures are greener on the other side somehow. And sometimes it is a reality, no doubt, but not all the time. There's an interesting idea about Abu Dharr al-Ghifari radiallahu anhu. It's at the time of the Sahaba. Now, you would expect that all the Muslims that he was dealing with in Medina Munawwara were Sahaba. Right? Because they'd probably been in the company of the Prophet Now, he was very particular. Abu Dharr radiallahu anhu was very particular. So he would shun people. And he would say, I can't just take from everybody. Like he was on another level, according to himself. So if that's Abu Dharr radiallahu anhu's state at that time when he's dealing with other Sahaba and he thinks like that, of course he had a slightly different way of looking at things. Then today, we don't have Sahaba around us. You know, we don't, we, we have a, we have to be very, very careful. That's why Yahya ibn Mu'adh al-Razi, Rahimahullah used to say about the ulama of his time Ya ma'shar al-ulama Ya ma'shar al-ulama Diyarukum hamaniya Wa marakibukum qaruniya Wa at'imatukum fir'awniya Wa walaimukum jalutiya Wa mawasimukum jahiliya وَقَدْ صَيَّرْتُمْ مَذَاهِبَكُمْ شَيْطَانِيَّةً He says, O oh group of ulama. Now he's, he's an alim, he's able to you know, admonish other ulama. They, when you're at a certain stage, you, you can do that. And this is what he says. He says, O oh assembly of ulama, your homes are, are the homes of Haman. Because... Fir'aun told Haman to build him a high tower so that he can get to the, the Lord of Musa, as he said. Ibn Ali, um, uh, as, as is mentioned in the Quran. Your riding, your rides, your vehicles, they are Qaruniya. They're like that of Qarun. Because Allah mentions in the Quran that Qarun, just the keys of his storehouses used to be carried by you know, so many people. Your foods are Fir'auni. Pharaoh. Your walimas, and walima here means celebrations, parties, right? Festivals, get-togethers. They are Jalutiya. Of course, he just wants to put everything in a negative light, so he's using these terms. Wamawasibukum. Jahiliya. So Mawasimukum is more the celebrations and Walaim are the da'wats and the, the get-togethers that they have. So your Mawasim, your various religious, so-called religious gatherings, they're Jahili, ignorant. And you have basically made your madhabs shaitani. فَأَيْنَ الْمِلَّةُ الْمُحَمَّدِيَّةُ 
So where is the deen of Muhammad gone? Now I don't want us to see this and then start basically telling everybody that this is jahili and this is jaluti and so on. This is somebody who's, who's saying this. So the lesson we're getting from here is that you know you can't just suddenly shun all of your friends and whatever. But I think one of the things that we can start doing is that we can put we can understand and put things in perspective and not be deluded. Because sometimes people will say, we've got family members like this. This is who we live with. And we can't escape. So what do you do in that case? You can't run from everyone. Where are you going to go? And a lot of people like they've tried to run from everybody in the wrong way. They've actually become burned. They've just gotten worse. So the idea is that let's understand things. We don't look down upon everybody. Right? We don't look down upon anybody. And we just try to at least remedy that by not allowing this kind of evil thought to come in that just because we're surrounding with, with a lot of people who are maybe lower than us, we pray a bit more than them and practice a bit more them, than them so that we must be sufficient. No, also try to have another group of people that you can associate yourself with, even if infrequently, as much as you can, right? That can remind us of where we really are. So that any arrogance, any complacency that develops with one group of people, we can remedy that by the humility and the vulnerability that we can inshallah learn from the other side. I think that's the main lesson, is to try to get as much good company as possible and try to remedy the bad company with that good company. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept that from us. Sheikh Abdul... Abdullah al-Gangohi rahimahullah he explains this by saying that it is incumbent on the believer to acquire the companionship of a person better than himself this is page 212 for those of you who've got the book so in such company you will see your own faults and you will become concerned with your moral and spiritual reformation there's lots of people who have the company of good people but they don't have in their heart to become like them in fact, they feel sorry for them. These guys must be so dull, so boring. What kind of satisfaction and pleasure in life must these people have? How do they enjoy themselves? Subhanallah. Subhanallah. It's just you don't know. So sometimes there's people who will, who can have good company, but they shun them. Look at, as Allah says in the Quran, Allahu mathal the wives of Lut and Nuh they've got prophets in the house angels are coming to them what better can you have than them and it's like what's the big deal so if Allah seals somebody's heart then it's not going to make make a difference but this is speaking to people who want to seek right who are concerned who have that conscience so then for that person when they stay with good people then they will realize that look you know I've got a lot to learn yet and my company there in such company, you will see your own faults and you will become concerned with your moral and spiritual reformation. On the other hand, if you sit in the company of a man worse than yourself, its necessary consequence will be that despite your evil, you will regard yourself to be pious. And you know, if you never see good people after that, like you hardly, because your area is like that and you, you, know, you are the most learned person or the so-called most practicing person, there are communities I've been to in America, there's lots of communities where there's no imam. 
it's one local guy who is just a bit better than everybody else because he knows Arabic, he knows how to read Quran, he can give a good lecture. He is the sheikh of the area. And that's like that in, in a lot of places, especially in rural kind of areas where you can't get an imam. That's why having a good imam is very, very, very important. But then in such places, they don't even want an imam because what they say is that if you have an imam, then it's going to be too rigid one way depending on who that imam is. It's too much of a gamble. At least right now, you know, it's, it's a difficult one. But it's against the sunnah and the tradition of the ummah for 13, 1400 years. They've always had imams. And you want to live without an imam? Never thought about this before like this. Right? Because at, uh, when I left America in 2008, at least 50% of the masjids, I would say, didn't have a local, uh, an imam like an official imam. There's huge confusion, huge confusion. Alhamdulillah, in England, we're lucky that people are really, they, they want an imam, right? They want an imam. Now, of course, not all imams are the best, but at least there's something. So, they're going against the whole tradition of the ummah for 1400 years then that you would call is the new Western Islam, American Islam, British Islam, I don't know what people are trying to call it afterwards. Then actually some people can go as far as giving it a different name, as though it's a better Islam than everybody else's. Subhanallah. I would say that those Muslims in a little village that are practicing, right, somewhere in Syria, somewhere in India, somewhere in Pakistan, Bangladesh, in Somalia, they're much better off than a place like that who does not have leadership. So then he says, you will most certainly gain the impression that you are better than him. Thus your own deficiencies will not become discernible and you will be overtaken by vanity, ostentation, um, self-confidence, and then you'll be pleased with yourself and our progress has been stunted. Our progress has been stunted. And subhanAllah, you know, when I was an imam in America, I was an imam in a small community about two hours from Los Angeles. The next masjid was about 40 miles down one side and about 50 miles north. So we were the only masjid. I am the only imam. I'm giving 50-something khutbahs a year, right, every Jumu'ah. So I never get to listen to anybody else. There was no YouTube at that time. It wasn't that big of a deal at that time. All of that, you know, you had obviously cassettes and CDs and things like that. So... You know, you think you're doing well, but you know you're not doing well enough. So it, 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 it can come, it can happen to anybody. Allah protect us, preserve us, and Allah enhance us. Allahumma anta salamu wa minka salamu tabarakti hadil jalali wal ikram. Allahumma ya hayyu ya qayyum bi rahmatika nastaghith. Allahumma ya hannanu ya mannan. La ilaha illa anta subhanak. Inna kunna min al-zalimeen. جزا الله عنا محمدا ما هو أهله يا خير المسؤولين ويا خير المعطين اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وعافنا واهدنا وارزقنا اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا اللهم اهدنا واهدبنا واجعلنا هداة لمن اهتدى اللهم احفظنا من البلاء والآفات والمحن اللهم جنبنا الفواحش ما ظهر منها وما بطن اللهم وفقنا لما تحبه وترضى من القول والفعل والعمل والنية يا الله we ask you for special mercy of Allah the brothers and sisters sitting here 
Oh Allah, those who are listening, those who will listen. Oh Allah, bless them all. Oh Allah, grant us blessing, grant us complete forgiveness. Oh Allah, grant complete forgiveness. Oh Allah, accept us all. Oh Allah, grant us good company. Grant us your love and the love of those whose love will benefit us in your court. Oh Allah, surround us with the right environment to practice your deen. Oh Allah, allow us and make us enjoy what is beloved to you and make hated in our hearts your disobedience and all acts of your disobedience. O oh Allah, accept us all for some service of your deen to implement it in our lives and to facilitate for others, keep us away from being evil company for others, keep us away from evil company for ourselves. O oh Allah, we ask that whatever shortcomings we have had, whatever mistakes we have made, whatever deficiencies we've experienced, and, O oh Allah, whatever faults that we possess, that you forgive us. That you forgive us and that you grant us closeness. You grant us a special protection from you. Remove these evil diseases which are surrounding people and increasing in some areas. O oh Allah, grant us all protection. Grant the world protection. Make us worthy of your mercy. Make us worthy of your mercy. Make us worthy of your rahmah, your special attention. Oh Allah, what have we done? Protect us, remove from us the wrongs that we may be doing, which is bringing on these things upon us like punishment. Oh Allah, protect us from the shaitan and his mischief. Especially protect us from the mischief of the shaitan on our deathbed. Oh Allah, accept from us. Oh Allah, accept from us. Grant us the company of your messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Open up these masajid and allow them to raise the call of your karima, la ilaha illallah, the takbir, the tahleel, the tahmeed, the qira'ah. Once again, from these masajid, O oh Allah, O oh Allah, protect us and accept from us. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. Wasalamun alal mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil